This morning we're going to be in the book of Haggai. As a Sunday morning crowd, I understand that some of you may not know where that's at. So if you find Habakkuk and go back a couple books through Zephaniah, there's Haggai. No, but really if you find Malachi and start going left, Haggai is right there. Um, I'm just kidding. Lighten up, folks. But if you got a Cambridge, it's on page 930-930. I can pick on you guys because I put a bookmark in there, so when I opened it up, it was just bam. <laughs> so, some books that are only a page or two can be difficult to find. I understand it. Brother Foley, you're really flipping there. <laughs> oh, brother. This guy prints the word. So this morning, we're going to talk about consider your ways. And to be honest, I didn't want to preach this. <clears throat> I thought it was cliche. There's some passages in there, and actually Wednesday night, for those of you, I encourage you to be here. Um, but Wednesday night, I'll be in Chronicles, and, and it's maybe a cliche passage there as well. But sometimes there's these passages that, that are just kind of known. Uh, for those that go to Silver State, you know, two years ago, I think it was, their shirt was Consider Your Ways out of Haggai. And, and so, but I was reading my Bible Thursday, and Pastor had, had, had asked if I could uh, fill in for him today. And, and of course, I told him, yes, boss. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, I love to, to be a help. Uh, to be quite honest, I do not want to be the lead pastor anywhere. Uh, I feel better suited in a supporting role to, to support, and, and I believe that's what God's called me to. Uh, but when he said that, I said, yeah, and I, and I had some ideas. I already had some things that I was kind of working, but I was reading my Bible Thursday morning, and, and this passage just jumped out at me. And uh, I thought, well, Lord, what would you have for the people? And I believe with all my heart that that's what it is this morning. And so if you would, stand with me in honor of reading the Word of God. I understand if you're not able to, uh, you can remain seated. We're going to read the entirety of chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The Word of God says this, In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, the time is not come. The time that is the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and in this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you... But there is none warm, and he that earneth wages earneth wages to go, or excuse me, to put into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because mine house that is waste. And ye run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. 
And I called for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the new wine and upon all or upon the oil and upon that which the ground bringeth forth and upon men and upon cattle and upon all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message, excuse me, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. In the four and twentieth day, the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have to gather together. Thank you for the opportunity before us this morning as we look at your word. And Father, we pray that you would move in hearts and lives. Lord, I don't know the needs of the people today, but I believe this message is from you. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to be attentive. And Lord, I pray and trust that we would hear from heaven today. And I pray that you would work in the hearts of each one here today. And Father, we just desire to give you glory this morning. And so... We'll give you the glory and thanks for all you do in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> so this morning, the challenge is consider your ways. And for context here in Haggai, I want to remind you of a, just a few things before we look at chapter 1 here. Uh, the foundation of the temple has been laid. Uh, that was done shortly after the arrival of the returning Jews under the leadership of Jerubbabel. And uh, we can look back and see that in Ezra chapter 3. If you take notes and you like to look back and question those things that a preacher says, Ezra chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. Uh, I commend that, Bereans. You guys are a rough crowd this morning. I'm trying to lie. Or either that or you don't know your Bibles. But anyway. But yet as often when people get about the Lord's work, there's opposition. There's difficulties. See, the Christian life isn't all about just success and victory all the time. Sometimes there is struggle and there's challenges and there's defeat. And so the work, there was opposition to it and, and uh, it really it was approximately about 16 years that the work had been stopped. You can, that's basically Ezra chapter 4 if you want to go back and look at that. And, but then God raised up Haggai and Zechariah to encourage the people to get back to work. Uh, to encourage those that had gone back to build and And we learn this in Ezra chapter 5. In verse 1 and 2 in Ezra 5 says this. It says, Then the prophets, Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel. Even unto them then rose up Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Joshua, or excuse me, Jeshua the son of Josedach, and began to build the house of God which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. And then in Ezra chapter 6 and verse 14, And the elders of the Jews builded, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai and the prophet of Zechariah, the son of Edu. And they builded and finished it according to the commandment of God, of the God of Israel, and according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. So here, that's where we are. That's the context of this. The, the work has kind of stalled as we get into the book of Haggai. And, and uh, so this morning, uh, I just want you to consider your ways. Sometimes we need to look at our state. Sometimes we need to consider our ways and ask, are we on track? 
Are, where, are we where God wants us to be? Are we going in the direction God would have us to go? Listen, I understand. I'm talking to the people of God. I'm talking to Christians. But sometimes uh, we can get distracted. We can, there can be opposition. There can be challenges and difficulties. We can get frustrated, depressed, and we want to give up. And so first this morning, the condition of the people. In, in verses 1 and 2, here in our passage, the people of God are apathetic. They're negligent, but really about the work of the Lord. They have neglected the house of God. Um, Haggai, verse 2 here in chapter 1, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Well, they, they, said that, they went back for the purpose of rebuilding. And here's the people that's saying it's not time. They've made an excuse that it's not time. They haven't looked to their God for direction. And he sets before them uh, very vividly their negligence. In verse 4, he calls to their attention a very convicting question. Look at verse 4, if you would, with me. Haggai 1.4, it says this, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? God calls them out on, hey, apparently you have plenty of time to take care of your own. You have plenty of time to look after your affairs and those things. And listen, I understand we all have responsibilities. As men, we have responsibilities to care for our families and to provide for them. Ladies, you have a responsibility to keep the home. Uh, I'm not saying not to take care of those things, but listen, where's the priority? Are you neglecting the things of God and using your home and your family as a disguise or a cloak of spirituality? Because of their neglect of the things of God, the prophet calls them, uh, tells them why they had their troubles. And and look at verse 9. He looked for much, and lo, it came to little, and when he brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste. And look what it says in the latter part of that verse. And ye run every man unto his own house. They were more concerned with their prosperity and their success in life than they were with the things of God. And certainly with the house of God being rebuilt. They had consumed themselves with their matters. Can I remind you this morning that if you put God first, He obligates Himself to take care of all of these things. Amen. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, we can consume ourselves with seeking after things to meet the needs of our physical life today and lose track of where God would really have us to put our time and to invest. They're concerned only with their house. So much so that they say, this time has not come. Hey, I don't got time for God because I'm too busy at my house. I don't got time for the things of God and and serving God and, and, and preaching the gospel because I got things to take care of at home. Uh, we need to be careful. Uh, listen, there are, we do need to take care of our homes, but is God first in your home? The people had become indifferent to the work of the Lord and consumed with their own affairs over the things of God. That's the issue here. Not, listen, I believe with God we can have the right balance and take care of the things that we need to and still be busy about the things that God would have us to do. Amen. Did you know the church can't go forward unless everybody gets involved? It won't ever happen because we all have to be of one accord. We all have to have the same mind. We have to be striving for the same thing. 
And so if there are people in here that aren't focused on the Lord's work and what God would have for them to do, that's a distraction to the body as a whole. But we need to be careful. We don't like to admit it, but this can happen for us today. We all have responsibilities. I understand that. And if we're not careful, though, we can allow those things to take precedence over our duty to contribute to the things of God, even our responsibility to the church. And this morning, we got plenty of people doing a lot of things. And so this is an indictment saying, but I believe this is what the Lord would have us this morning. And so the challenge is just to consider your way. Are you on the path? Are you looking in the direction that God would have you to look this morning? Are you doing all you can because that's what God wants you to do? Are you giving that which is due the Lord? I believe the Lord deserves the greatest part of your time, your talents, and your treasures. The greatest part of it. And so this morning, if you're giving any of that to somewhere else other than the Lord, there's a problem. There's a problem. And so I challenge you to consider your ways. Examine your condition. Perhaps God has come to you and said, boy, are you just worried about running to your house and and those things that you think are important? They may be important, but they may be out of focus. And so let's look at number two this morning, the consequence for the people. The apathetic and negligent condition of the people had consequences. Our actions, or lack thereof, have consequences today. The things that we do or the things that we neglect to do, they have consequences. And so this morning, I understand as as God's people, we can invest our time, our our talents, and our treasures however we choose. However you see fit, you can invest those however you want. However, you cannot choose the consequence. You cannot choose the consequence of how you invest those things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Listen, you can invest however you want, but you cannot control the harvest. Are you investing in spiritual things? We can, cannot continue in disobedience and irreverence to God and expect to enjoy life. It just won't happen. <clears throat> I understand for, for a season we can enjoy the pleasure of sin. But make no mistake, those days are numbered. How you invest your time and your efforts will come you will reap someday. And so I would say this morning, don't allow the kindness and the slow judgment of our God to let you think that you're the exemption to the rule. There are no exemptions. God is not a respecter of persons. And so if you're living your life outside of the bounds of how God would have you to live it today, listen, and I don't know how much, how, what God is expecting of you. I know the basics, and we'll talk about some of that here in a moment. I know some of the basics of where you should be investing, but the reality is each one of us have a different race to run. And if God has burdened your heart to do something more than you are doing now for the things of God and you're not doing that, you're wrong. You need to stop and consider that. Say, wait a second, God has burdened me for such and such and 
wow, I've been negligent to take action there. God will hold you accountable for that. Do not allow his kindness to let you think you're the exemption. Perhaps God has brought leanness in your life because you are not focused properly on him. Look with me at verse 6. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Look down with me to verse 9. Ye look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste. And ye run every man to his own house. God says, these things are happening because you're more concerned with yourselves than with the things of God. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. Look at this. And I called for a drought upon the land. You cannot control the consequences. You must invest properly. It says, And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. They were dealing with the consequences of their choices. Their negligence about the things of God, their apathy, their carelessness. Listen, it's high time that we awake out of our sleep. Our salvation is nearer than when we believe. Listen, it's time to get busy about the things of God. We don't have time to slack off. Listen, and I know there's going to be adversaries. We know from from, uh, the context of what's going on here, there were those that opposed the work of God. But listen, our God is greater than them. And we can continue to strive and to serve and to labor despite those oppositions. Uh, Don't let the enemy to discourage you. Do you feel that you're laboring and working and finding no satisfaction? Listen, I've been there in life. Invest my life into the Air Force. And they kick you in the gut the first moment they can. It can be discouraging at times. I understand that. But maybe it's because the things of God lay waste in your life. The Lord's saying, listen, you guys are just consumed and running to your homes and and taking care of your houses and all those things of this life that are consuming your time and the house of God lies waste. Your walk with God is in waste. It's in ruins. And because of that, I've sent drought. You've labored and you've worked. And and can you get the word, the, the picture, the image that the word of God gives us here? Nobody wants to go and work for wages and take those and put them in a bag just for it to drop out. But you know our God can make that happen in your life. And I don't care what your budget is. I don't care how much money you make. God can consume all that. And we can talk about him able to rebuke the devourer too. And there was a car sitting I had. That thing should have been at the dump long before. But I, I don't know, but God can keep something going. And he does that for his people at times. But listen, if we're not being obedient to what God would have us to do, he can also bring the opposite. He can bring the drought. The devourer can come. 
How are the things of God in your life? Pastor often encourages us five to thrive. Five to thrive. Bible reading. Do you even read it? Not, well, you could check off Haggai 1 this morning. <clears throat> Do you read it outside of church when it's being read to you? I get it. I'm talking to the church crowd, but I've been there and I've neglected the Word of God in my life before. You can go days without reading it. Uh, prayer. Do you invest any time in prayer? Church attendance. Are you faithful to the church? Listen, there's a meeting tonight. Be a good preacher here. I just got to encourage myself because you guys aren't doing it. I'm kidding. You guys are so generous and, and kind. But, but I'm being serious. How's your church attendance? I went to work sick. And I'm not saying come to work sick and get everybody sick. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is what's your priority? Yeah, good. There were, I, would, I would vomit on the job because I was committed to being at work. Are we that serious about God's house and, and, and exhorting and encouraging our people? Now don't bring your disease here and, and, and get everybody sick, but I'm saying, where's your heart at? Are you serious enough to be in the house of God if you're able to? I don't want to clean your vomit up off the floor, so if you're puking, stay home. I hope you understand my heart this morning. Are you committed to the things of God? Do you want to thrive in the Christian life? Well, you need to be in the Bible. You need to be praying. You have to be at church. Even if the preaching ain't that good, your, your obedience to God, He will honor. He will honor that. Do you give? And I can't overstate this enough. If you don't give, you're missing out on a blessing. Just start giving. And you won't regret it. And I'm not saying it will always make sense. And it will always be easy to write that particular check or to give that particular dollar bill in the box in the back. But what I'm telling is, if you're faithful to that, God will be faithful on His end of the deal. And so if you don't give this morning, you need to get involved. If you're visiting with us, don't worry about it. But when you join the church, give. Listen, do you witness? Five to Thrive, Pastor encourages us. Are you, are you sharing what God's done in your life with the other people that you come in contact with? Do you tell them that they're a sinner that needs a Savior? And that by God's grace, He sent His Son. What, the song was a blessing. I had tears in my eyes this morning. Thank God for the cross. Do you witness? How are the things of God in your life? Are they lying waste? I'm asking you this morning, how much effort do you give to your relationship with the Lord? We invest time and, and money in our talents, in our abilities, in a lot of things. Are we doing that where God wants us to do that? Are we putting those things where God would have them? This morning, consider your ways. But in verses 3 and through 4 and 5 or so, we see the confrontation of the people. This morning, I want to tell you this, we serve a good God. In His mercy and loving kindness, He sends the prophet to the people to encourage them to change their course. What a good God we serve. And listen, God will often confront us with our misdealings in an effort to bring us back to Him. And God sends Haggai and Zechariah 
Verse 5 and 7, he tells them, consider your ways. Stop and take account of how you're living. Examine your life. You got these sealed houses and, and everyone's just concerned about going and taking care of things at their home, but my house lies waste. What direction are you heading? Where's your focus? And he blatantly calls them out on their selfish direction. In verse 4 it says, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? They're saying it's not time. And he's like, whoa, wait a second. You got time to invest. You're investing in this. Boy, look at those homes you got. And listen, I'm not saying if you have a nice home, it's wrong. I'm not saying that this morning. But if you're investing more in your living, in your livelihood, than God wants of you, and I, again, I don't know what God wants of you. I, I think a bare minimum it's 10%. But listen, I want to go forward for Christ. Amen. It's going to cost money. Listen, we need a facility. I am utterly convinced that we need a facility. How much of us are investing in mortgages and homes that maybe are more than we need? And listen, it's between you and God. If God's spoken to your heart to give more to the church, that's between you and him. I'm not trying to guilt anyone this morning, but what I am trying to do is get you to consider your way. Where's your focus? Are you too focused on the material things in this life and perhaps building things in this life that they're going to burn, they're going to be passed to somebody else when you're gone anyway? God calls them out. Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, to focus on all those things that you think is important while the things of God or the house of God lies waste. And he tells them in verse 8, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. He calls them to change their way. Consider your way. Change direction. It's time to build. The Lord through Haggai tells the people to get to work. Start focusing your, your attention in the direction that God would have you to focus your attention. Focus on those things that are spiritual Change your way. Stop focusing on your house and the things that you think are important in this life. Look at what it says in, in the latter parts of verse 8. It says, And I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Are we not here to labor for the Lord and bring Him glory? But we can be easily distracted by the things that this world has to offer. <clears throat> Jesus directs our attention to that, th that which is eternal. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thing, thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Listen, where you're investing in this life is an indication of where your heart is. Does God have your heart? As you consider your ways this morning, are your ways the ways that God would have in your life? We must be obedient to Him and His commands. We cannot follow our heart. We cannot do as we wish. We cannot please ourselves. But we must do what He desires. Amen. What does God ask of you this morning? Again, I don't know what that is today. I'm just trusting that the Lord's using this to 
to work in hearts. Too often we are deceived into thinking that our ways are better. We think maybe we will be the exception to the rule. Proverbs 3, 7 through 10, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Look at what it says. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thou barns be filled with plenty and the presses shall burst out with new wine. God help us to consider our ways and do all that we can to align our ways with his ways. I made the comment earlier about having a leanness. That may be spiritually, but it certainly could be physical. I mean, these guys were experiencing physical leanness, but also spiritual. I mean, they weren't walking with God. They weren't doing what, they weren't following God. And so this morning, do you feel lean? I wish I felt lean. I'm not feeling so lean in retirement. But, but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I, I was struggling, and I hate to mention this. I think I mentioned it in Sunday school a few weeks back, but um, I was challenged to read my Bible in 90 days. <clears throat> and if you've ever done that, it, it's, it's a considerable amount of reading every day. And it, for me and my current schedule right now, so much so that sometimes I feel like I'm just reading because I need to get through this. And I found myself reading because I was doing it aside from all my other study and what the other things I was trying to focus on. It was just, this is my personal reading challenge from a pastor friend of mine. And, and so I was going and, and I got to a point and I said, God, you know what, I'm almost done with this challenge. It'll be done by Christmas. And I thought, what a waste. I don't feel, I have a notebook and I've been keeping notes of things I want to go back and look at and, and study. And it was really big, but there was a section where I read multiple books in the Bible and I just thought, there's nothing here. I, wasn't, I felt like there wasn't anything there. There was a leanness is what I'm saying. And so a few days ago, I just said, God, I, I need to hear from you. Amen. Are you serious about the things of God in your life? Listen, if you're not, you're going to experience this. And listen, I hope today this is a confrontation from the Lord in our hearts to say, hey, Consider your ways. The direction that you're going isn't the way that I would have you to go. And so lastly this morning, the correct response of the people. In verses 12 through 14, we see their response. And so when God, uh, through the prophet, confronted them, they, they had the correct response. And, and listen, when confronted with error, the correct response is always to align our ways with God. That's the correct response. God says, hey, my house is in waste. Uh, go up, take the wood, get to work, and build. Forget about your house. It's not that important. I can't help but think what if we could just grasp that. And, and listen, thank God for the beautiful homes he gives us. Thank God for the warm places we can sleep and, and we can raise our children. Now, I'm not saying that those things aren't necessary, but what I am saying is don't focus on those things. Listen, if God wants to take your home away, you ought to be content. Be rent for the rest of your life. I have an aunt and uncle. They've rented for 40 years. That blows my mind. Financially, just thinking, I was like, oh, that is, that's a poor investment. I saw, uh, I didn't read the article yet, but I saved it. I saw yesterday uh, the argument for renting. I was like, oh, long-term rental. Anyway, but what am I saying? That wasn't a concern for them. They didn't have to own a house. They don't have to have fancy things in this life. 
listen, we ought to embrace the idea of, hey, whether I'm abounding or, or abased, boy, I'm just going to serve God. And so we see their response here. As Haggai, or the Lord by Haggai, confronted the people, in verse 12 it says, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Joseph, the high priest, with the remnant of the people, look what it says, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai and the prophet and their God and sent him, and the people did fear the Lord. What was their response? Obedience. God had said, consider your way. Hey, look it. My house is waste. Your houses are heavily invested. The things that you are concerned with are heavily invested in. But what about my house? God confronted them about it and they said, whoa. And they became obedient unto God. Look at what this says. I love this. And when the people set themselves to obey, he encouraged them with these four words. Look at verse 13. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, and the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you. What a good God. They were off track. They, they weren't going in the direction that God had intended them to go. And, and God confronts them about it and they become obedient to him. And then God says, listen, I'm with you. Can you imagine? Listen, they just received the message. Hey, you got bags with holes. There, there's, there's drought. You're laboring, getting nothing. You have all this leanness in your life. And when they begin to obey, God says, I'm with you. Can you imagine the 180 degree turn that takes place here? Now they have put themselves in a position to receive the blessings of God in their life. Are you in that position this morning? Are you being obedient to God in all the ways that He has asked of you? Consider your way this morning. Are you in a position to be blessed of God? Is God with you? Listen, there's no greater place. There is no greater place than to be with the Lord. I can't help but think of the Apostle Paul and really Saul in his experience in Acts chapter 9 when, when God confronts him and he says, and, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kiss, kick against the pricks. Listen, Saul thought he was doing what was the right thing to do. And God confronted him and said, Consider your ways. It's hard to live a life in opposition to the Lord. Might I remind you of Matthew 6, 24? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. We cannot be consumed with taking care of all that we want to take care of in this life and still have God on the side. You're going to hate the one and cleave to the other. And what an amazing idea. After the Lord confronted Saul, he, he became obedient. In Acts chapter 9, verse 20, And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that is, that he is the Son of God. Saul adjusted his way. And there, there's obviously more to that. We, don't have, we won't take the time to go to Acts chapter 9, but um, listen, it's hard to go against the Lord. God will bring the difficulty that you never would have expected in life. There's no better place than on the Lord's side. It puts us in a, in a position to flourish and experience the blessings of God. 
And what I am not telling you this morning is this does not mean it will never experience lean times. But with God, we may be able to share the, the testimony of the Apostle Paul later on in Philippians when he said this, not that I ever speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Paul was content with having the Lord. That's how he could say those things in Philippians. It doesn't matter if, if materially things are great or they're bad. It doesn't matter because I can, God can bring me through all that. His grace is sufficient. Paul learned those lessons in life. Are you content with having the Lord as your reward? Or are you focused on your house this morning? So as we close, I ask you, consider your ways. Are you working on developing your walk with the Lord and building the Lord's house? And certainly, as I mentioned, this could be physically or spiritually. We need a facility. And I'm going to keep saying that. Are you doing all God has placed in your heart for the building fund? I don't know what he's put there. So don't try to, I'm not trying to guilt anybody, but, but are you being honest with God in your finances in that area? Is the house of God important to you? Are you investing as much as God? Are you doing all you can for the edification and promotion of the saints? Are you investing in, in God's people of Liberty Baptist Tabernacle and, and, and doing all you can to be an encouragement and a help and a blessing? That's why we're here this morning. You guys look like we're here for a funeral. Listen, we're here to encourage and to strengthen one another. Are you seeking to share the gospel with others to grow the household of the Lord? Do you share the gospel as you go out and about? So this morning, church member, Christian, are you doing all God wants for you for his work in this place? Consider your ways. And listen, I understand I've spoken primarily to God's people this morning. But if you don't know Christ as your Savior today, I urge you to consider your ways. The Word of God tells us in Proverbs 16.25, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There's no church you can join. Not even this one. There's no baptism you can get or any amount of good deeds you can do to earn favor with God. You must understand that you're a sinner and you need a Savior and turn to Christ and Christ alone. And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so if you don't know Christ today, I plead with you, find somebody and talk to them. We'd be glad to take the Word of God to show you how you can know to be saved and, and to come to know Christ as your Savior. And so at this time, we're going to have an invitation. And if the Lord spoke to your heart and, and you don't know that you're saved, and you can come forward to get my attention and we'll find somebody to take the Word of God to show you how you can know for sure that you're saved. But if you would, stand with me. As the music begins to play, as the Lord leads and He's spoken to your heart, I encourage you to come to the altar and deal with those things that the Lord has worked in your life.